0: Hello there, and thanks for joining the Psychology Report. Work satisfaction, job satisfaction, career satisfaction. That's my topic today. Who are the happy workers? Well, there are a few of them, actually. (laughs) There are more unhappy workers than there are happy workers, no matter what field of work you do or profession you're in. Uh, We are an unhappy group of workers, Many studies have shown generally around 70% of the work population is not happy in the work that they do. They're not happy with the company they work for. They're not happy with the people they work with. And there is a job dissatisfaction that prevails. Now, that's an unfortunate pattern because, number one, it leads to depression. When you go to work every day in a job or with a group of people or a company you don't really respect and like and want to be with, you're more likely to be prone to depression over time. But also just the frustration and the anger and the uh, ill feelings that develop between you and your company and other workers just leads to a kind of a sense of irritation and irritability and anger. So that isn't a healthy, you know, kind of thing to do. So. Um, Then it comes down to the fact that sometimes the hours are not, you know, satisfying, and sometimes you don't have much control over the hours. You work in a company that fixes the hours, and you're a morning person, but you have to work in the evening, or you're an evening person, you have to work in the morning. I mean, there are lots of factors that contribute to one's dissatisfaction in the workplace. But who are the unhappy workers? (laughs) You know, you'd be surprised to hear that dentists tend to be the most unsatisfied, unhappy group of professionals out there. Psychiatrists are also among the most unhappy uh, professions and workers. So there are a number of professions and groups that we deal with and we have dealings with on a regular basis. But basically, these are the people that tend to be the unhappy ones. Maybe your job when you go visit your dentist or you go visit your psychiatrist is to cheer him up a little bit. Uh, make his day a little bit better. Uh, maybe that's something that would be a good thing to do because they themselves are not on the happy end of the list. But who are the happy ones? Who are the happy ones? Well, uh, psychologists are on the happy end. I think they're number three uh, on the happy end you know, of the uh, spectrum. Of, um, of happiness. But a study was done recently in which uh, some six to seven thousand doctors, physicians, were surveyed as to their general professional happiness. And a number of scales were obtained and uh, the conclusion came down to the fact that the second most happy physician is the one that serves the elderly, the geriatric population. Now, they are often a little older themselves, so that might be a factor um, where they tend to be a little bit more compatible with age, but not always. A lot of younger doctors are going into a profession of serving the geriatric population. But geriatric patients often are happy people. So it it encourages a happiness among the physicians as well. They see that, and they're, they're, they're pleased to know that They work with people who appreciate. They work with people who express their appreciation. They work with people who care for them and are interested in them. So there's a, a teamwork almost that develops between the patient and the doctor in the area of geriatric medicine. They also work, geriatric physicians also work with a wide variety of specialists. They have to refer out. There's all kinds of problems, pain problems, orthopedic problems, uh, internal medicine problems, psychological problems, family problems. I mean, geriatric populations come with a wide variety of problems, and the physicians that serve them get to actually interact with and have the advantage of interacting with a population of uh, other physicians across the spectrum of medical care. In medical specialty. So that's kind of a a factor that comes into play even though their actual income is one of the lowest among the physicians. You know, a dermatologist is probably one of the highest uh, paid physician and a lot of uh, physicians like to go into dermatology or other fields of medicine that pay relatively well and are at the higher end of the income spectrum. Where in the geriatric population, they're one of the lowest paid groups. And they're primarily because they rely upon the Medicare system of payment. And uh, that's always at the low end of payment as compared to other insurance plans. And if you're going to work with a geriatric population and work with the uh, Medi-Cal, Medicaid population, the Cover um, California, Cover America population... The government plans, income is minimal. So in the geriatric population, those physicians are at the low end of the continuum. So if they're in it, if they stay in it, if they're going to serve the elderly population, they're in it for other reasons than income. They're in it because of the satisfaction level that they derive in serving such a population. Now, who is the number one group of physicians? that uh, come on top in the area of happiness. Well, you might be surprised. Emergency medicine doctors who serve the pediatric population, they're the top in the area of happiness. The emergency medicine doctors that serve pediatric kids, these are the kids that come into emergency rooms. And there's a satisfaction there to know that you've saved a life. You know that you've enriched a life. There's a lot of pleasure and satisfaction you get from the from the family members for the work that you do for their child. There's always a gratitude. There's always a uh, a happiness level that is shared with the physician when their child has been healed or their child has been uh, caused to recover over a period of time and will recover over a period. And there's new hope. There's new faith. So um, parents of the kids just kind of spread a happiness level onto the doctors who serve those kids. So they tend to be on the number one end of the continuum as relative to doctors are concerned. And there's some general lessons here that when you do something, no matter what work you do, that leads to somebody getting better. And you can see that, you can, and you're part of that process. And you're contributing to that process, then you get a satisfaction from that. If you would do something where people are thankful for what you've done, and they have uh, gratitude towards you for what you have done, then you get a degree of satisfaction from the expressions of gratitude and the expressions of appreciation and thanks from the people who benefit from the service you deliver, whether you're a physician or whatever you are. You say, it's the issue of doing something that pays off, that has good. Now, on the other end of the continuum, those that are tend to be pretty unhappy are those that serve the alcoholic population, the drug-addicted population. Now, look at it from this point of view. The success rate is minimal when you're working with an alcoholic or drug population. 15% of the population improve. And actually... Overcome the addiction on a permanent basis fifteen percent. So your success rate is minimal You're working hard every day for a little gain for a little benefit and The drug of population is not particularly grateful not particularly um, Generous in their thanks or in their gratitude for what you've done. Family members are absent. They're gone there are no other support systems that would be part of the uh, healing process. You're in it alone. So it's, there's, it's a dark corner of medical care. It's a dark corner of professional care. Whether you're a psychiatrist or whether you're a psychologist or you're a social worker or you're an addiction specialist or counselor in some way, it's a dark area of service. Success rate is low, gratitude is low, support systems are low, payment is low, Work conditions are generally poor, often work in an area of the community, in a downtown area of the community that is not particularly uh, favorable towards health and happiness and uh, stimulation. So it isn't just the profession, it's the, it's the context in which that profession operates. Now when you look at studies in the area of job satisfaction... The rate is about the same for men and women. It's not too much different. But when it looks at races, it is different. Latinos and blacks, black professionals, Latino professionals, tend to be more unhappy than white professionals. So there does tend to be a racial factor there uh, that operates. And then the other thing about age is this. Doctors, in the study of the doctors anyway, the ones that were the happiest were the ones that were below the age of 45 and above the age of 65. Now, just take a look at that kind of thing. We have young doctors coming into the field with a lot of optimism and with a lot of faith and hope and uh, feeling strong and feeling uh, like they can turn the world upside down. So there's a lot of energy. So happiness kind of goes with that. But around age 45, that begins to turn. Goes downward. But then it goes back up at around age 65. And doctors that continue to work after age 65 are those that see value in what they do. They appreciate what they do and they know that they are appreciated for what they do. The work of the population is more likely to be appreciative and to express that appreciation, you know, to them. And there's a uh, knowledge of other professionals. There's a teamwork that enters in when you're older. You start working with others. You start working more compatibly in, uh, in, a, in a collegial relationship with other team members, with other professions, and with other specialties. There's more challenges, and you're, uh, you're interested in challenges because you have all this background experience, and now you can take on cases that are unusual or difficult, uh, cases that have uh, maybe little hope. Of actually improving. Uh, You can take those on because of your background experience and your respectability and your stature in the medical community. So the challenges are greater when you're older than when you're younger and that leads to an increased level of happiness. Some years ago I listened to a uh, seminar in which one of the speakers was Warren Buffett. The other speaker was Bill Gates. And they were speaking to a university population of seniors graduating in the field of business. And in the question and answer period, one of the students asked the two gentlemen, what advice they have for a graduating senior in business. Bill Gates gave his answer, kind of typical answer that one might expect. Then it came Warren Buffett's turn. And he said this, and he surprised me, and I think he surprised the audience. But his answer was profound, and I I really recommend it for your consideration. Here's what Buffett said to that question for young graduating seniors. Select a company that you respect. Okay, that was number one. Work for a company that you have respect for. Not necessarily the big names. Not necessarily the big firms. Not necessarily those that will capture the attention of others because you're associated with a name. It has to be a company that you personally respect. So you know something about the management. You know something about the product. You know something about the, the policies. You know something about the company, what it does and what it stands for and its message and its purpose for being. But you respect that company. So number one, select that kind of a company. And then he said this, number two, and here's his profound second statement. Select a company who produces a product. That you'd be proud of. You know, whether it's shoes or perfume or health care, doesn't matter. Make sure that the product of that company, the product of that job, you are proud to produce. You are proud to market. You're proud to sell to the public. You're proud to make it available to the public. You're proud to put your name to it. You're proud to stand up to it. You're proud to stand in back of it. That's the two points that he said. And then he made a third point to these students. And I think this was also profound. He says, if you find a company you respect, and you find a company who has a product that you are proud of, and you join that company, don't worry, because the money will flow. The money will flow. You see, don't get the job because of the income. Don't take a job because of the benefits. Don't take a job because of the location. Don't take a job just because a friend works there. Don't take a job because you think that you'll make more money in the long run. (coughs) He said you get your job on the basis of respect for the company, proud of the product, and then just let the money flow. You'll get raises, you'll get advancements, but you'll also have opportunity. And sometimes the opportunity will be in that company, and sometimes the opportunity will go to a different company that has those same features that you respect that company and the product that that company produces. And then there will be income made perhaps on a greater level there. So it will just begin to flow. And you'll be a happier worker. And you'll be a satisfied worker. And you'll be a well-paid worker. That's what his point was, you know, on that. So it's important who you work with, your colleagues. Very important. It's important who your manager is. You know, one of the studies, and many studies actually, have shown that you can be satisfied in your job, and all of a sudden you get a new manager. You get a new supervisor. And before you know it, you're on disability. You've had hostility. You've had anger. You've had depression. You have much fear. You have much anxiety. Working with that new manager. And before you know it, you're disabled. Before you know it, you're out of there. Before you know it, you're uh, impaired. So management is an extremely important factor. The colleagues you work with, you must respect them, you must like them. You spend all day with them, you must enjoy them. There has to be a kind of a compatibility at the colleague level. There also has to be one at the management level. And then the policies are also important. The policies of the company is very important. Do the policies encourage creativity? Do the the policies encourage independence? Do the uh, policies encourage input? Kind of creative input ideas that your part to make the company even better the product even better see that's what's important in a job it's not just the job income it's not just the location it's not just the name it's not just you know that you get a job because there's a job there you need to have a little bit of thought on these factors of the colleagues the management and the policies to make sure they're compatible with the way that you work The way that you think, if you're an independent thinker, if you're a creative person, if you like to have input, if you like to be respected, if you like to be regarded, you like to have your ideas sought out and listened to, then you better have a company that does that. And if a company doesn't, you're going to be unhappy, you're going to be a very unhappy worker. So think about that in the meantime. Okay? Well, life and work is very important. We have to have satisfaction in our life and we need to have satisfaction in our work. And I think that if you're satisfied in your personal life, you're going to be much more satisfied in your work world. Those things go together. And if you're not happy in your job, look in your personal life. You're probably not happy there either. And there's kind of a spillover effect in those two areas of your life. And If you need some help, get a psychologist that will talk to you. Get a psychologist you can talk to and kind of walk through these issues and help you make some decisions of what you should do regarding the future in your area of career and professional development. Okay, nice to have you with me today, and I do recommend, (coughs) if you need dental care, Dr. Wong, Dr. Chris Wong, and Dr. Tong, they're at the North Cedar Dental office on cedar avenue just south of alluvial in fresno so it's wong and if you want to make sure that you have a um, opportunity to have good dental care i recommend that you consult that office they're one of the happy ones if you will they're one of the happy ones of the dental group so there's a tip for you an opportunity Don't forget my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Pick up a book, go to the website, check it out. And we'll see you again, and bye for now.